In the spirit of reconciliation, Grab the Trace acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to another episode of Grab the Trace, a home design podcast to help you deliver your next project to its full potential. We're your hosts, Michaela and Lachlan, and if you're looking for some tips and secrets for your next project, be it building a new home, renovating, or even just picking what window furnishing would best suit your space, we have you covered. Whilst we'll try to help as much as possible, this podcast is of a general nature and won't be able to take into account your individual circumstance. If you need personalised advice, you should engage a relevant professional consultant to help make the best decisions for your situation. This episode, we're discussing wardrobes, so stick around, pull up your plans, and let's grab the trace. Hello everybody, and welcome to the next instalment of the Grab the Trace podcast. Today, it's wardrobes and all the important things to know and the tricks to have in your back pocket. We'll take you through what they should look like, what decisions need to be made, and what you can do to maximise your space. It's time for Inspiration Graham. Michaela, would you like to take us away? My Inspiration Graham for this week is a bit of a, it's more architectural, I would say, but it's absolutely stunning. I did want to bring it to everyone's attention and I'm sure in weeks to come, we're going to do a lot from Smart Design Studio. So as I just said, Smart Design Studio is the architects on this project and it is their Indigo Slam house. This thing is is, unreal. It's well known within the design world. It's, I think, been getting awards since the first day of completion, I think. It's huge for one. The scale of this house is absolutely out of this world, but I think they just, they really went different with this. They were using textures and materials in a different way, seen very differently of the time. I think this was 2017, maybe 2016, 2017 build. And they kind of did these brick pavers as the general flooring throughout. Stunning. It is beautiful. I think just the grand scale of this house and this project it feels so commercial like it really does feel like a massive commercial space but the owner of this particular project owns a art gallery so obviously very inspired by commercial spaces beautiful open plans huge spaces I can't even get over like these ceiling heights in this like grand foyer just quick counting probably about 50 billion stairs I reckon to get up to 50 billion that's 50 pretty conservative billion, I'd say 50 billion stairs but each they've one of them got, beautiful oh they've got a glass bridge like who doesn't need a glass bridge in their house it is absolutely stunning but in particular I wanted to bring to focus the interiors of this space so the kitchen in particular they have this beautiful coved ceiling detail and then they've replicated this in like this finger pull detail on the kitchen cabinet so it's like all formed stone they've got this beautiful 
little curved stone piece above the sink. Like it is, it is sculptural. It really is. Like these spaces look like art pieces within themselves. And then those same design principles in this beautiful master ensuite. They have like this solid brass bath. They have curved walls. They have beautiful Elba marble tiles all over the floor. Using this beautiful stone to form the basins. It's just... It's absolutely spectacular. Then they've kind of morphed the architecture and the interiors in one with these solid timber shutters on the inside of this bathroom space, which is like all manually operated. And then that obviously gives privacy and airflow. It is... It truly is an absolute masterpiece. Like it is absolutely stunning. Even how they've obviously got brick pavers used as the general floor throughout, which I mentioned, but then they've kept that same format and they've used the Elba marble as the flooring in this bathroom, but then used the same format as the pavers. So it's consistent in terms of pattern and style. It is, it's beautiful. I know I say this every single week, but I'm purposely bringing beautiful projects to you guys, but they're like the cellar. Oh my gosh, brick flooring. They've got brick ceiling. Like it is, this is what money, this is what multi-millions of dollars can get you. It is I think this incredible. is the perfect example where, because she has, I guess, an eye for art, for lack of a better term, and she probably has slightly more of an appreciation for the the creativity of the designers she went to. This is what you can do when you kind of have that have those budgets. open checkbook kind of approach to it is I don't think I've seen a compromised I, element I can't, in it. Not one. And not to take anything away from obviously smart design as well, like their, their use of materials and ideas are second to none. Like these are incredible details and incredible architectural feats. Like it's... It's just an beautiful. art piece. It's an art piece. Honestly, that's all I can say. It's it's so sculptural and yeah, just a beautiful, beautiful inclusion in the Australian design. Thank you very much for bringing it to uh, everyone's attention. Problem. It's, I, I want to know yours now. I already know it, yeah. but I can't wait for you to <laughs> get into it. You might be thinking, Lachlan, when you find these projects that are just pure brilliance in one way or another, that you're diving as deep as you can, doing the hard-hitting journalism. Unfortunately, today I have to break that illusion. I found this while I was just wasting time on news.com a couple of weeks ago in the real estate section looking at houses I'll never be able to buy. This <laughs> is, is that a category? Oh, my goodness. This is a, a project by a developer called Mad Developments, and it's their Harcourt house. I don't think I've been as floored by a project and this as is, this. This is a Brizzy project, isn't it? Brisbane project, an existing Queenslander-styled house, raised up, built in underneath. The We're dream. talking of three stories of sheer brilliance. The dream. We've got a car park on the lower ground with a bit of storage and a workshop. The middle level is our living entertaining space with a bit of a pool, which is a feature in itself, oh my goodness. Living and dining, kitchen, laundry, outdoor living, even on the street front. And then upstairs is where all the bedroom and the private areas are kind of located. This is where all the magic happens. This is where the magic happens. (laughs) Honestly, there's one, I can't even describe how extra this is, but in a good way. I'm I'm here for it. The same level of detail and care seen in the Indigo Slam project has been taken here on a slightly smaller scale. I don't think I'm breaking the bounds to, to say that. 
I'm honestly just flicking through the photos now. It's just stunning. The The main thing that catches your eyes, there's just a beautiful like emerald stone that's just oh. been used so well as a feature in the kitchen, not only as a wall cladding, but as the kitchen island bench, a little bit of the rear splash and rear bench, and then also continued through on the floor as a floor surface. It's oh. just- You know, it's an inspirational project when designers, architects are staring at this these spaces and this house and this project and looking at it going, when or where can I use that stone how can I use those materials in a different way or I think that's the true beauty of this I I look at that and I go oh my god I want to do green stone now like everywhere it's beautiful designed by Channon Architects built by Mad Builders so the developers are also the builders photos by David Chatfield just look at it I can't do it justice I don't have the vocabulary I'm not well spoken (laughs) enough honestly I I went home to my wife Caitlin and I was like this is the master plan this This is is what we need to work towards we need to find a house it doesn't matter how badly run down this house is oh my goodness it's this and then another project I'll start to feature in the future by another architecture firm called Myers Elliott that's just my absolute at the moment that is my obsession for two separate reasons this is very intimate and I can't I can't describe it and then the Myers Elliott thing just really speaks to me I just love the palette and the way they do things in terms of concrete uh whatever I, I just, no, what? I'm gonna cut myself off because it's just gonna be six minutes of me going oh, oh my oh. god um we'll put it we'll put it on we'll put it on Instagram. We'll, we'll throw it on the gram everybody there, there's nothing else we can do so let's move into house hacks Michaela what have you got this week in wardrobe week to shine through to shine through well quite fitting being wardrobe week I have a house hack relating to wardrobes and probably a simple one Similar to what I recommend in kitchens with like appliance cupboards, similar to laundries, which I always want to have like a little cupboard tucked away for our charging back. Yeah, you know, a little little hidey spot for all the goods and gadgets. Same thing with our master wardrobe or our walk-in wardrobe. I love, love, love almost like a charging station cupboard. Oh. Yeah. So this is what again, my husband Brock is very happy to have his side. So we've got equal galley kind of style wardrobe and I'm not allowed on, the on his absolute, side. Like if you think Donald Trump's a good deal maker, <laughs> Brock has absolutely pulled off the steel of the century with he this. He has. His, and look, kudos to him, I get it. He's done half the Renault along with me, so he deserves half the wardrobe. However, I have a lot more than 50%. There's a lot of empty shelves on Brock's side. Yep, but it's his side, so I'm not allowed to touch it. so annoying. But anyway, on my side, I've kind of done, and I'll go into it again when we go into, obviously, wardrobes in more details, but I've got a whole cupboard, a whole double-door cupboard just dedicated to shoes because that's, that's my little side. But on Brock's side, he's got like some shoe racks down the bottom of this particular cupboard. And then he's got um, some recessed open shelves. And then on like the bench height, he's got just PowerPoints for days. He's got PowerPoints everywhere with USBs in it. And that's where he puts his iPads and computers. And even um, we set up like a, he's got like a little mini ironing board and an iron. And then he's also got like a garment steamer. So that's where we can do all of our, like I do all my ironing and my steaming. things if you need yeah. it. Yeah. So again, because we're in the multi-story house <laughs> levels everywhere, the last thing I want to do is have to like rush down 
into the laundry, grab what I need and then rush back up. Technically, I'm doing all of the ironing and the garment steaming to our clothes. So it kind of just makes sense having somewhere to do that. This is the spot for it. Chuck in a PowerPoint in your wardrobe and you would be surprised at how much you use it. I've even got little hints and tips from like young mums as well or young mum and dad's parents who um, set it up as like they've got the bottle warmers in there. They've got all that like a little kettle you can even put in there. I've even seen we do it on a lot of our projects. We've got client requests for like kitchenettes. Yeah. Almost little coffee station, little coffee station, little bar fridge, little moment like that. You can literally never have to leave your bedroom. So who doesn't who doesn't love a bit of that? I know that's perfect. Yeah, so that's that's my little hack, little charging station that you can kind of use however you please. But you will find you a will reason use to use it. Yes, hundred percent. My pick for this week, everybody. I know I'm a little bit late because bathrooms are a couple of weeks ago, but. I was thinking about it more recently and I was strolling through, much like the hard-hitting journalism of my house uh, inspiration, Graham. I was trawling, doing the hard yards through TikTok the other day and <laughs> something I, I I came across, I think it was a an American lady who mentioned something and I was like, I really rate that as an idea, is I guess this more relates for your project, Home Builders, where they will only include tiles up to a certain height. So usually 2,100, they won't tile above that. So if you've got 2,400 high ceilings, that's a variation. Don't my you? preference, and Mikel, I can't wait until you agree with me on this. My preference is to have those tiles go the full way to the underside of the ceiling. To do that without it being a big variation, maybe peel the tiles off walls that don't necessarily need it in a bathroom. Oh, so just redistribute the amount of tiles used. Much like my renovation at Ipswich, we didn't do tiles through the whole thing. We just did tiles in the wet areas and then our skirting tiles, which kept costs down because the tile doesn't have to do the whole bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then you get to be able to do better things with that money. Whenever I think of a project home, there's like the little key things that kind of shout out to me. Project home, yeah, project home. Yep. And it's like 2100 high. A washer, dryer, provision in a laundry, but they, they just have the sink cupboard and then just yes. like an opening. They've done like 2100 high doors everywhere or they've done 42 high skirting. It's like all of these things that I go, yep, tick, 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 tick. That's just part of that package. And to be fair, when looking at budgets, again, Renault's a very, very different game to yes. to project home so that you know I, I obviously personally haven't gone through that process so to watch the dollars or to look at all of the dollars on a page and be like do you really want that and there's a value to it oh that's that's a lot tougher than in it a is, than in a Renault game yeah, yeah like I can a hundred percent attest to how difficult that would be because Renault's again I've done this over a what a four and a half year period our costs are staggered significantly yeah. and when you're doing a lot of the work yourself that's where you're saving a lot of money and obviously being in the design industry there's other benefits that there's, go a, along there's with other it. benefits as well so you know all of these costs can be staggered but yeah that would be pretty hard hitting seeing it all on a page and being like but do you really want it because yep. it's going to cost this much extra and you're like you know you really start having to value what you're putting in yep. so all these little tips and tricks, especially that one, I would never have thought that that's even an option to be like, oh, I don't want it just to 2100, but I can redistribute those tiles yeah. how I wish and maybe go up in budget for those tiles and reduce yes. the quantity yep. of it. Another thing I don't think we really talked about too much in bathrooms, but we can touch on in a future episode when we get to finishes. But just as a general thing, when people look at tiles and you're looking at tiles like and you've got your budgets or your budget brackets, there's plenty of really nice tiles for like 
40 to $50 a metre square. Oh, even 20 to $30 yeah, but like a your, square like Your meter. feature tile doesn't – oh, we were looking at a pretty horrendous one the other day. It was like a wallpaper tile. It was 400 metre square. But Absolutely not. You, do, you don't need to spend that much for it to be a feature. The feature can just be the size of it. It could be a large format tile or it could be a smaller format tile. It's just then you're balancing labour costs and all the other little things that go along with it. So you don't have to spend yeah, $120, or- $150 a metre square on tile to make it feel like a feature. A hundred percent. Or even, I think we did mention it in the bathroom weeks where I'm a bit more privy to finding a design element that's not a tile. Like the tile, I know, again, Project Home specifically, where they go, okay, let's do something different with the the bathrooms. What's going to be your feature tile? And they put so much emphasis on choosing a feature tile, like that's going to be your focal point of the room. It can be your stone. It can be your cabinetry. It can be your tapware. It can be the type of basin you choose. It could be this freestanding bath that you've just dreamt of. It doesn't have to be, you know, a strip or a nice feature tile behind the vanity. Like you can change your focal point of a space. I think it's time to move into our wardrobe segment now, everybody. Yeah, I'm excited. Michaela, to kick off our wardrobe segment, we're going to mix it up a little bit to how we've been doing the other rooms. I want to talk about what layout options or what type of wardrobe options you, the listener, have or us as designers have to use and kind of the situations that they would be applicable or suitable. So would you like to take us away? Yeah, let's do it. So obviously when we think of wardrobes, it automatically associates with a bedroom. We've got our typical straight wardrobe or our hinged or sliding mirrored door typically. So that's what we call our like bed two, three, four kind of wardrobes or our standard bedroom wardrobes is our straight, be that sliding mirrored, sliding or hinged. And then we go into our walk-in robes. So these can be completely closed off rooms with cavity sliders, as I mentioned in previous projects, or a completely separate room hinge door. These could be completely elaborate walk-in wardrobes with dressing rooms and you know, seats and islands and chandeliers. Skylights, everything. Skylights, you name it. So it's honestly just a space to hold particularly your clothes. Let's go with that. Maybe one person's, maybe two. Oh, we have done like tandem wardrobes in kids' rooms before, like shared bathrooms, very similar shared wardrobes. I think we did touch on it in one of our previous episodes for en-suites and bathrooms that a walk-through robe is not ideal. It's not. Especially if that walk-through robe doesn't have doors on the cupboards themselves. Then that that's just a mistake. That's not a room. And the reason for that is <laughs> is steam. Steam. Steam, moisture. We want our clothes as far away from water and moisture and steam as possible. So even if it is a walk through wardrobe because the floor plan just doesn't allow for any other configuration, completely fine. Please put on hinge doors and try and I would even try and then incorporate doors within doors, which I'm not the biggest fan of because it seems a bit redundant to walk into a room and then to open a cabinetry door to then open a drawer. I don't like doors on top of drawers, but in this case, if it's you can't avoid it and the shower is very, very close, I would just put doors within the wardrobe. Agreed. With our our walkthrough robes, just Mm -hmm. to provide a little more clarity on that, it's 
the fact that you use the wardrobe as a transition space into something, usually en suites, yep. maybe sometimes. Do you mind walking into a like a master bedroom and then the wardrobe being right there at the beginning, almost in your hallway space? Not as offensive and don't, like we have done it on numerous this projects. This does sound very snobby, everyone. If you do have one, <laughs> it's okay. We're just trying to say from, uh, from our you, point of view, yeah. ideally. Yeah, from, and again, from our perspective as an architect and interior designer, we're looking usually at projects from scratch. Like it's an empty shell. We're filling those spaces with walls and designing in layouts. So in our best case scenario, I would prefer a walk-in wardrobe in the master suite, completely separate from the bedroom, completely separate from the master ensuite. In terms of typical wardrobes, that's you know, that's absolutely fine having a straight wardrobe as soon as you walk in into an opening. That's fine. It's behind either mirrored doors or hinge doors. Depending on space, I am a big fan of, I love the look of hinged doors on wardrobes. However, the space needs to allow for that. You need to be able to open those doors easily instead of having like, you know, 400 wide doors and you have to open 12, 13 of them just to open. Like that's not functional in my eyes. I'd rather just have one huge, like 1.5 meter wide sliding mirrored door. And then it's just super functional. You don't have any issues with opening hinge doors onto beds. So there is, there is function within wardrobes as well that needs to be looked at and adhered to. So yeah. Yeah. I think that covers, I guess, the the types, the types of wardrobe. Yeah. Now let's talk about something that's also rather important, especially in the planning stage, is how deep do these things actually get or how, geez, how shallow can you get them? All right. And I guess with the shallow ones even, what would a shallow storage in your be wardrobe- Be useful for. Yeah, be useful for. Yeah. Typically, I'm. would you say that I'm, I'm a bit- I'm a bit argumentative or forceful with You're very <laughs> adamant. What's the word? Strong. Strict. Oh, I like strict. You're very strict and for a good reason about the size of these things. Yes. I love to ensure wardrobes are never, ever shallower than 600 deep for hanging space. For drawers, for open shelves, for shoe racks, for seats, absolutely fine. But for double hanging or single hanging space, we want that clothes hanger to be able to be completely free of doors, cabinetry, gables. Once you put like a big heavy woolen overcoat on that or, you know, you've got a ski jacket, that's not going to fit in a 500 deep wardrobe. It's going to be on an angle. We don't want that. We don't want it to interfere with doors. We want it to be nice and open, have plenty of space either side. Your clothes don't get crushed. Like we have, obviously, we we have a lot of clients who have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of clothing. The last thing you want is them to be squished inside a cabinet. So yep. yeah, 600 deep from the front face to the rear. Now in saying that people are going to come at me, please don't. Ikea wardrobes are 570 deep. That is fine. It's just for a custom wardrobe when we're looking at cabinetry thicknesses, be that 16 mil, 18 mil, 32 mil, then you add doors on top of that in hinges. I like to give 600, Yeah, but 570 still works absolutely fine. 100%. I think the other thing that's important to keep in mind is even if you're not putting doors on it, 600 still nice. Yeah. You don't want your clothes again when they're hanging on the clothes hanger and then entering into your like walkway space. You don't want them popping out. You want them to be nicely tucked into that wardrobe provision. 
Let's move on to our shallower options. Yes. So we have usually in a lot of wardrobe spaces that we're designing, we either have risers or, you know, adjoining rooms that pop in and out. Or You might need to give some of that space back to an ensuite. Yeah. And so that 150 mil might not make too much of a difference in the walk-in robe, but it can mean everything to that ensuite. hundred percent. And that doesn't become null and void storage. That just becomes our open shelves. That becomes our drawers. Yep. That would be an amazing full height built-in shelf shoe rack. Oh, yeah. That would be a great charging station. That would be a beautiful built-in seat. That could even be a beautiful kitchenette or built-in makeup station. Like we have so many options that that space is definitely not wasted. It's just not ideal for hanging. Yeah, it's with 450 because think of it this way, the the hanging rail is going to need to be pretty much at the same depth from the back of the cabinet matter how no matter how deep your wardrobe is. So if you're trying to do a hanging section within your 450 deep cabinet that's fine it's just going to project into the walkway or they'd all be on the diagonal <laughs> yes agreed yeah which that. no that's that's not ideal the next one i want to talk on and this is a question i had written down but funnily enough it's also the question we got asked on instagram yes this week we did we got asked by our friends at granero build the, the one we featured a couple of weeks ago, they're on Instagram as Our Modern Barn Home. Check them out. I've been looking at their photos again. The progress is absolutely still insane. They wrote, what percentage of drawers to hanger to long hanging to shelves? What is your preferred ratio? You're just splitting it 25% for each. Or how do we how do we divide up a wardrobe? How do we effectively? divide? Honestly, this is so, for a master wardrobe. For our typicals, I'll go into kind of what's a, a standard. But in terms of master wardrobe, like the world is your oyster. This is this needs to be exactly for you as a couple or for you individually. If if you have you know half your wardrobes are active wear, you're going to need a lot more drawers. That's just essential. So I'm a big fan personally of a lot of drawers, but I have a lot of folding clothes and that's just me personally. Again, I have a lot of shoes, a big shoe collection. So shoes are really, shoe storage is really important to me. So I might not necessarily have as much hanging space as another person, but again, like double height hanging for me personally is not as essential as single height. I have a lot of midi dresses, like a lot of midi length dresses and yes, skirts. Yes, I know what that is. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into that. It's longer than your knee, shorter than your ankle. <laughs> Halfway between a maxi and a mini. Oh my God, he's got it. He's I'm got learning. It. <laughs> no, I have a lot of midi dresses, so they're too long to just do in the single height hanging, but then they're obviously wasted space for full height hanging as well. So again, I customized my wardrobe to fit my needs. And I think that's what every person needs to think about their clothing and how they use it. If you, you know, if your say husband has, he wears suits every day, that actually takes up a lot of wardrobe space suits. So a lot of blazers, jackets, they've got business shoes, trousers, like my um, husband, he's an engineer. So he wears a lot of like slacks to work. So he's got a meter wide trouser rack just for him. And he's got that many pairs of chinos. It's ridiculous. But I love it. Again, his wardrobe space is not as used <laughs> as my side. I'm so jealous. I want it. Brock's angling his clothes just to spite you, <laughs> even does. in a wardrobe that's sufficiently deep. They could have like 20 centimeter spacings between each hung item. It's ridiculous. I need that space. So I guess the question then is in your, your typical wardrobes then- yes. What is your, what's your formula? What's your secret recipe? Okay. What's my go-to in terms of my standards? So it's very, very similar to what a project home would kind of integrate. So I always make sure a set of drawers 
However, if we do get the luxury of being able to custom or use laminate or two-pack, whatever your fancy is or whatever your budget is, I would always opt for minimum four drawers, but I go up to like 11 or 1200 high. I thought you were going to say 11 or 12 drawers for a second there. Oh, that would be the dream. A double drawer? Well... That would be, that's literally so we're talking, the dream. We're so, talking 11, 1200 from the floor. From the floor. So that will get you probably five drawers high. Nice. Maybe six if you do like a little skinny drawer up the top, which is great for like underwear, socks, bras, that kind of thing. So having the option of open shelves above those drawers gives you great flexibility in storage. So if they want to just fold their clothes and be able to pop that on the open shelves, great. They can have baskets. They can have, you know, little fabric boxes. Yeah, yeah. They can, you know, even like little kids. I remember like as a kid, you'd always put like, you know, your favorite little toys on there. Again, teenagers, they can put their aftershaves, perfumes on there. It's a very transitional, great use of space. Oh, What's the Britney Spears perfume toxic or whatever it is? <laughs> what? What's the Britney Spears one that um, everyone wore? Hot pink one, a fantasy. Fantasy by Britney Spears. Oh my God. Then I divide the rest of the space, or typically the width of that, sorry, about 600 if we can. Sounds good. 600, 500 is like a minimum, but 600 is nice. So if I do a 600 wide draw and open shelf combo, then I'll match that with my full height. So then I'll do a 600 wide full height section, divide that with a gable, and then the rest of that space is a double height hanging. Beautiful. So I always try and make sure that those two hanging rails are of equal distance. So we've got typically around a 900 high space and then our kickboard, and then we've got a 900 space above that. A kickboard luxury. Sometimes in, I mean, sometimes in Project Homeland, you don't get a kickboard, a fancy kickboard. Well, I think a kickboard is necessary. So, I think so. So Keep you're not just the carpet, yeah, guys. Yeah, limit and, that dust. Yeah, and also you can kind of argue that you don't need to carpet inside those wardrobes. Mm-hmm. So you're saving on carpet and underlay, which again, Project Homes. If anyone's out there and has a Project Home, please go check. I dare you in your wardrobes. I doubt that they would have done underlay underneath the carpet inside the wardrobes. I'm going to have to go and do research at home. That's where they skip. Yeah. Go, go have a look. And they, they wouldn't because it's not a walkable surface. So they like, Damn. so they save costs. It's like they'll save maybe a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks across the whole of a yeah, house. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, they they won't put underlay underneath the carpet in the wardrobe. Yeah, go check it. I bet you, they, bet you they didn't. Maybe you can kind of come back to them and say, all right, instead of carpet and underlay, let's save on that. But I just want a cabinetry base. Yep. And I want to be able to get that kickboard because it's great to, again, not put shoes and because I use that, like everyone uses that space. They put all their shoes and their boots and their bags all on the ground when it's limited. So if you've got a kickboard, pop that up, pop all your shoes on top of that. And then it's just an additional shelf really at the Love end of the it. day. Another question I've got for you. Mm-hmm. In a, I guess this is more for a walk-in robe situation. Yep. When, I know we touched on it with drawers, but when else are doors maybe not essential so for me the removal of doors i always love to have drawers open so wherever you're putting drawers within a walk-in robe scenario please don't put a full height door in front of it because i find it's just really aggravating having to open a door to then open a drawer yes and then even a lot of hanging i don't think it's necessary because again i'm a big fan of a separate walk-in robe which has a door access anyway. So if I want to close that off, I close the door. That's our privacy. Yeah. The only thing that I don't particularly like in that instance when we're talking, when we enter a master 
um, suite and you kind of open up onto your wardrobe space. I feel like that kind of has to be behind doors. You don't want to open up and see all of your clothes open. I'm I'm a big fan of, again, I like everything neat and tidy in its place. And a walk-in robe for me is already that set of privacy. You don't need to put a door on it again. In saying that, in my own walk-in robe, again, I've got a separate walk-in robe, separate cavity slider that I can close off, but I've got four kind of like tall units that have doors on it for specific reasons. So for shoes, that's to close off smells. And to protect them as well. So I don't want... Smells, that's huge. Yeah. So again, with all of like my runners and like all of your, my Renault gear, like I don't want that. Your Renault rags. Renault rags. (laughs) My Renault rags. That's a callback to the first episode. My Renault shoes. I think I have like, I'm not even kidding, 10 pairs of shoes and they've all got paint and... Yeah. All it takes is one mist. Like yep. paint stroke and you're like, well, those shoes are done. Yep. Or you're like, no, 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 I'm not renoing today. I'll just do the Bunnings trip. And then you oh, end up like, yeah. I've lost you- so many good jumpers. See? And you get like one splatter of paint. I had like a really or- nice Nike jumper for maybe three weeks. And Caitlin's like, I wouldn't wear that today. And I wore it. And now no. it is covered in white paint. Yep. Because even though I wasn't painting... I accidentally bumped into walls. See, it happens. Bumped into architraves. Well, all of these clothes still need to go somewhere because we still need them. So for me, shoes, I love to close off for smells. And then handbags, especially, not me, but designer handbags when (laughs) when we're talking about our like clients. Those are really expensive shoes, really expensive handbags. We don't want dust on them. I know that sounds really dust. silly, but actually, when, that's it. That's dust. But yeah. but literally, when you're spending, you know, potentially tens of thousands of dollars on handbags, the last thing you want them is just sitting on a shelf collecting dust and getting like you know grotty and yeah. dirty. Like, agree. Put them behind beautiful like glass doors, even so you can see them. They're always protected. They look on show, but then hiding smells and hiding like well, eliminating dust. I love it. Let's go on then. So that's our, I guess, our standard rules of a wardrobe, would you say? Yeah, principles. Principles, I like that. The fundamentals of a wardrobe. Fundamentals, yeah. Heights of wardrobes. I think maybe this relates to what we were saying a couple episodes ago in terms of anything above, with your cabinetry, anything above 2,700 is custom. Is that right or is it 2,400? Um, uh, 27. Again, I'm... I'm in like Ikea land at the moment and I know yeah. they come in like 2.1 or 2.4. Correct. Well, I think Give it's or take. 2070 high and 2360, I don't know, something yep. weird, 2330. And the only reason for that is so you can actually tip it up in the space. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're kind of our like Ikea wardrobes. But again, when you're doing custom, 2.1, 2.4, 2.7, 3 metres. To me, it's lining up with the other finishes. So don't think of just wardrobes as standalone joinery carcasses that it's going to have its own height and this is the height I have to adhere to. What are your door heights throughout your house? What are your kitchen cabinets doing? What are your linen doors or your, you know, any sort of cabinetry, even your window height, like in your external windows and doors like what height are they sitting at if they're at 2.4 and then you've got just your wardrobes at 2.1 like that might look odd or vice versa if yeah. you've got 2.1 everywhere and, you and go then you got 2.7 wardrobes yeah. save yourself the money the bulkheads over wardrobes don't look out of place no not what at you all. can even do oh, oh, here we go another little hack oh if you've got 2.1 doors everywhere else or 2.4 doors just use the bulkhead, save yourself a little bit of money. Yeah, just stay, keep to a standard carcass size if you are going IKEA. Yep, do that in build the bulkhead. There's so many tutorials and ways to do it online. 
And it's just such an easy thing to do. Yeah, I think I even mentioned it like well, maybe. You sure did. Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah, building blocks. It's definitely blocks. been a house hack or yeah, something. Yeah, my building blocks with like the Ikea carcasses, build them up, put your skirting underneath. But then again, put your architraves all the way around it, build that bulkhead in. It's It all looks fully integrated then. And then you can just do really simple Ikea white doors. And then again, custom handles. Pick your beautiful joinery handles. Make it. The jewellery. Make it the jewellery. The jewellery. The jewellery. Always learning. Look at him. The jewellery. <laughs> so in terms of other things we can put into our wardrobes, I think you mentioned yeah. with Brock some trouser racks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So again, Ikea is a amazing tool. Amazing. And again, we did a lot of, we did do a lot of custom joinery in our second reno, the one that we're in now, but I still went back to Ikea because the cost efficiencies mm. for an Ikea wardrobe with what you get it's it's honestly amazing. Like I've I've looked at and trust me, I've designed, I've built, I've been there, I've done it, and I've looked at all the costings of Hedditch and Halfway fittings and fixtures in terms of trouser racks, pull out belt racks. They've got scarves, they've got shoe racks. It actually it's it's so much more expensive, and it's exactly the same. Like you're literally being able to house the exact same amount yeah. of storage. There's no functional difference yeah. necessarily, and if you're doing doors. Most of it's hidden away. A carcass is a carcass. Yeah. And even, you know, as a walk-in wardrobe, it it comes down to function at like 90% of it. It just needs to be able to house as many clothes as possible and be able to get in, grab what you need easily, see everything. There's no point having, you know, 100,000 pieces of clothing and only being able to see 20 and they're packed in boxes or they're shoved in drawers. And like, if it doesn't fit, you need to accommodate the wardrobe design to allow for that. Agreed. Or heaven forbid you need to cull your clothes. Heaven forbid. I mean, you're not taking tour groups through your walk-in robe. No. You're taking them into your powder room. We mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. We want that to be... Front of house, back of house. Beautiful. Yeah. Back of house, private, just for you. Just for you. Just keep it functional. Yeah. So we've got trouser racks. Um, I know they do tie racks as well. Tie racks. Tie racks, belt racks. Yep. Belt racks, scarves. They do shoe racks. I think shoe racks are a, a big one. More. And again... I rate Ikea's. I think they, mm-hmm. they honestly have the best. They've got some fixed angled shoe shelves, but then they've got so many pull-out shoe racks. The only ones I do recommend more so when you're looking at Ikea, they have ones that are like a flat board and then like a metal bar. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go those ones. Go the ones that are like two-tier and they have one lower shelf and then one recessed upper shelf. Yeah, yep. It's like a double-decker shoe rack that's pull-out go that one. Don't do the one with the metal bar that you kind of put the heel over the metal bar. Yeah, you want the one that kind of looks like a sled. Yeah. Like if you were going sledding in the United States. Yeah, the only, and again, the only setback of this, and this might be a little, another house hack, if you do dare say. So all the IKEA fittings and fixtures in terms of like the shoe racks, the trouser racks, all of that, they only come in two colors. So they come in Mm. like this gray color, a dark kind of, it's almost Spacey like a gray. yeah, like charcoal. Let's go charcoal, charcoal gray, charcoal gray, and then or a white. And not necessarily everyone's dream wardrobes are white or this particular gray. So my little hack: get all of your fittings and fixtures, spray paint them. Oh, that's huge. Spray paint them, but in like an enamel paint. Like I'm not saying go out and get you know cheap. You can get like car spray paint, yeah, pro- like proper metal paint. Rust-Oleum yeah. is a brand, I think. And you can spray them any colour you want. That's genius. I was going to drop in one where you can sometimes go and buy, especially with 
your hanging, like mm-hmm. your hanging rails, you can sometimes just go and get a, they do all the different kind of metals and finishes for like your, um, uh, your curtain rod holders, yep. like your curtain rods. Yep. Those sometimes come in brush brass. Those sometimes come in all those Bronze. different, yep. like a full brush matte nickel. black. Yep. Those come in though. So you, I, I think probably spraying it'll be cheaper because yeah, the Ikea ones are really tough to beat on price. Yep. The other thing that they're really good at is because they're standard sizes, it's so easy to incorporate at the planning stage. And even if you want to go and get custom carcasses made up, you can just tell them to make it to a standard size Yep. because you're going to go and get all your fittings from Ikea. Which is exactly what we did in our typical wardrobes here. We It's a bit of an odd layout that we had and we could fit an Ikea carcass technically, but we'd have like a leftover space so we wanted to integrate like full height like bookshelf on either side of these wardrobes so we actually looked at doing ikea then getting a joiner in to like fill out that open shelf section it was actually just cheaper to get the joiner to do all of it Mm -hmm. but then we got him to stick to ikea sizings and he even put in all the um internal holes i was just about to ask you this because i don't think we've touched on it yet Mm. adjustable versus fixed shelves depending 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 so i'm all for like in my shoe section 100 percent adjustable every woman will absolutely vouch for like the knee-high boots the short boots the ankle boots the Your heels wedges. wedges honestly i'm i'm adjusting mine all the time because <laughs> you've got to refresh the catalog you you've know got to- you're like oh, nearly made a dance mask reference. Oh my god! You've got the pyramid. You've got to reorganize the pyramid. <laughs> Who's your star performer? Or just seasonal. So if winter comes along, you weirdo. <laughs> no, um, I'm always like moving all of mine around because again, I need to get like you know all my mules and my summer heels out, and then if winter comes along, my ankle boots, tall boots, and you're like tall, like my tall over the knee, like leather boots. They need to. They need to fit somewhere. They can't fold. Yeah. You need them full up. I always, again, before we did our extension and our master wardrobe, I actually just went through, categorically through my wardrobe and looked at each item and I'm like, okay, how many shoes do I have? Right, I've got like a hundred pairs of shoes. How am I going to store those? What's the height of those? I looked at my gowns. How many full height gowns do I have? How much full height storage do I actually need to house those? And then same thing with like all my active wear. I've got a lot of active wear, so I've, I needed a lot of drawer space. So all of these things definitely influenced how I fitted out my wardrobe and everyone's going to be different. Everyone's going to be individual. So have a look at what you've got in your wardrobe before you even start looking at what you can put in your wardrobe. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Mm. What I want to move on to now, and I think we've touched on it through the episode and maybe even in the last couple of weeks, is for our finishes. Yes. So we're we're kind of spruiking IKEA. Mm -hmm. So they've got a couple of finishes. They've got their nice just flat white carcass Mm -hmm. and the doors that match that, that's the most cost-effective solution they've got. Mm -hmm. I think it's called the four sand. With the finishes for our wardrobes. Yes. So I think we we definitely touched on this in some previous episodes. So you can go mm-hmm. a laminate. Yep. You can go two pack if yep. you want a specific color. I do have a bit of a hack that I've... Are you holding out on us? Oh, I am because I kind of wish I did it in my own walk-in robe, but it, it does take up a bit of space. But personally, I think it might be worth it for those that want a, a fully custom look or they have a very unusual wall color or they want to use that throughout, here's a hack for you. So 
they do it a lot in Ikea for their office spaces or built-in open shelves. Like with the Billy bookcases, they do a lot of built-in open shelves or like next to the fireplace or definitely over in like America, UK, you see a lot of built-in units that they use the Billy bookcases for. Now imagine that idea, but used within a wardrobe. So I'm talking about let's get the packs wardrobe carcass we can do all the interior fittings and fixtures all the complement all of the shoe racks and drawers and everything you know how i i even said or suggested as well with the other hack was to build it up on a plinth yep this is kind of taking it to the next level build it up on a plinth get your carcass but then divide each of those carcasses with almost like a little bit of like timber mdf banding and then instead of just having your architrave all the way around and your skirting underneath then you've kind of got like all this MDF framework Mm -hmm. around these carcasses and then you put your shelves in and then you're building that shelf in and you're doing a little MDF panel in front of all of those shelves. So everything looks super custom, but the thing is with that MDF or treated pine, paint it. Paint it in your wall colour and then it all looks like a fully built-in showpiece walk-in robe. So that's the way of making it look really expensive. (laughs) But again, you're not seeing all the holes. You're not seeing the sides of the carcasses. You don't have any, it's all open. So you don't have any hinges or doors on those, but it feels like a very boutique custom walk-in robe. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Someone report back. Someone report back to us on that. That's, Mm. That's a really, really good little... I didn't even think you can call it a hint. I think that's a lifesaver. Yeah. Well, that may, this may be a little bit more over the top, but I think that's, that's got some real value to it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's fiddly in terms of like, you'd have to be on the power tools. Teals. Teals for, you know, a few days cutting out all the the edging strips and everything, but kind of worth it. I'd like, that would be really nice. Yeah. And then again, maybe you're saving on hinges and doors. So as we've, we've mentioned previously, maybe the, the option here for, a cost-effective solution is to go more budget-friendly with the doors and then to potentially look at blinging it up with our handles yes. instead, using yep. that to elevate the, the, the whole thing. Yep. And then we've just got our nice standard carcass, carcass internal. interior. Yep. You don't need to see it's going to be covered by your clothes anyway. I mean, in terms of handles, we might put a few favourite ones out there oh, in terms of, of supplies. Low and Co. Kathy, we'll, we'll hit the gram up. Designer doorware. There's so many. Kick height and tight. We talked about this. Build the plinth up if you're going Ikea. If you're going a custom one, what you might want to do is if you're doing, say, really bespoke high skirting in your house, maybe we get the, the kick to match that. Maybe we do go 185 for the kick. Let's do it. If you've got the ability to have that spare. I mean, I wouldn't do it if you're really cramped on height in your wardrobe. Functionality is the key here. Yep. Lighting, I think just in a, a walk-in robe, for instance, like just your normal standard Ooh. down lights, you might do some track lighting if you want to make mm. it a little bit artisanal in yes. there. Yes. Um, can, I, can I add maybe yes, a bit of lighting of hack? Um, with our, and again, Ikea do it. So it is achievable. It's easily accessible. The sensor lights. Correct. So on your cabinetry doors, open up the, you know, open up your beautiful wardrobe doors using your beautiful low and co handle and then bam. Bam. Internal lighting. It's all censored. It's, you know, obviously censored on when that door opens. It's just, it makes it feel, again, very boutique, very expensive, but it's such a small, inexpensive luxury that I think just elevates a wardrobe. Lighting is huge in a wardrobe. It's one thing that I think integrated lighting in general in wardrobes just really elevates 
and just makes it feel so bespoke, so custom, and it just yeah brings it to a whole nother level. I think I love that. I um as a as a bit of a basic B, uh, if I walk into a project we've completed or an open home, and I open those wardrobe doors and I see some LED lighting, I lose it. Yeah, I'm it's- like, oh my goodness, Caitlin, this could be a steal. <laughs> we should buy it. <gasps> it's ours. Amazing. No, um, another light hack as well that I did find that it when done minimalistically like not over the top when mm-hmm. done very very simply when they recess leds into the side oh, of the carcass stop. yeah it's quite nice yeah lachlan yeah, knows I what i'm that. talking about like vertically down the whole length of the carcass it i think that's really beautiful beautiful detail because again if you're doing a sensor light or a light at the top of the carcass when you actually fill that wardrobe with clothes you're not gonna be able to see it that light's hidden so in doing that strip light all the way down the length of the carcass it kind of just highlights all the clothes without being blocked agreed i think that's perfect as we touched on earlier power very good for say you do have i think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago you've got the beast of a vacuum cleaner yes <laughs> got to have one out on display so you can plug into that a couple within your your wardrobe for things like uh say charging you do station. have a little makeup station in yep. there or charging yeah you're right i don't think we touched on it but well we very very slightly we said the makeup station mm-hmm. that's actually like a huge request in a lot of our clients wardrobes to be able to have an area to do hair and makeup separate from the ensuite So again, I only like to integrate those in wardrobes if they have one natural light. So be that a skylight or hopefully a natural light coming through a window. Mm -hmm. Makeup stations, kitchenettes, we did mention. So again, if you're wanting to integrate like a bar fridge, I always like to design for the if, for the maybe. So it might not necessarily be used as a bar fridge at the beginning from day one, but if you put a PowerPoint down low behind open shelves... It's there if you want it. It's there to be used if you change your mind. Having a flexible wardrobe space, I think, is just necessary this in this day and age. It just... Yeah. You have no idea how much... Well, <laughs> I have no idea how much more clothes I'm going to need to store. Yeah, you never know. How many... Fashion's cyclical. You might need to hold on to it for a cycle or two. Let us also not forget that we all need power for our refresh butlers, for our at-home oh. dry cleaning everybody. We oh. haven't talked about that yet. No. But I think we did cover it pretty heavily when we were going through... It might have even been our laundry episode. Yep. Great spot to have it. Yep. Again, I the same principle that I don't want to go all the way down to my laundry to grab my like garment steamer. Same thing. If I had a refresh butler in there, it's where all your clothes are. It kind of just makes sense. Yeah. Um, a safe. That's mm-hmm. another thing that we've put in a lot of clients' homes. Just yeah, little Yeah. Those get mounted on the floor. So you yeah, might little lose discreet a safe. drawer or two, or you might even have, you know, maybe a false drawer front. That yep. looks like it, but it's actually a hinge door to yep. the safe in behind or, there. Or, you know, when you like go to hotels and they've got little, like usually a little yeah. safe in the wardrobe just for your as passport well. Just, and yeah. Stuff. Or your very nice jewelry. Yeah, good call. I guess going on from your makeup station as well, mm-hmm. a mirror. Oh, 100% mirror. I mean, if we're doing a backlit mirror, we'll need power for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would imagine you would want to do a backlit mirror for that lovely halo lighting. Oh, look at him. He knows all the terms. He's getting, he's too knowledgeable these days. No, um, I'm a big fan of as well when we're on mirror and power and lighting. If you're doing a makeup station, I did kind of touch on natural light and having natural light near that makeup station, but effective lighting where there's a mirror. So 
be that a full height mirror on, you know, even on the inside of a door, mm-hmm. if that's the only space that you have, it's better than nothing. So yeah, put that, put that, you know, fixed mirror on the inside of the door, put it on the spare wall, make sure that you have a full height mirror within your master suite somewhere. Check yourself out. Yeah. You're allowed to do it. You're allowed to know you look good before <laughs> you leave the house. Even like another, again, very custom as well, but in a lot of our clients' wardrobes and a lot of our custom designs, we've put full height mirror behind the full height section of hanging space and then match that with the full height open shelves for shoes. So just having that mirrored backing, again, it makes it feel almost like a retail shop. Like that's kind of like the dream is to make it feel like a boutique clothing store. That's where we kind of draw a lot of our inspiration as designers when designing these key spaces. We look at the best of the best. We look at those places that sell clothes for a living. How are they doing their marketing? How are they trying to sell their clothes? They're obviously selling those clothes in the best way or I guess, showcasing those clothes in the best way possible. We want to do the same. Again, a walk-in wardrobe can be an experience when designed right. So, you know, go a little bit bougie, get a pendant, get some wall lights, get, you know, some mirrored backing. You can build all of those carcasses in using your MDF, have it all custom trims and skirtings, make it feel like a very custom fit out space, like solely for you and your needs. Three rapid fire questions to wrap this up for us. Okay. Yes. First one. We touched on how deep a wardrobe needs to be. Yep. If you're doing a U-shaped wardrobe mm-hmm. or you're doing just two straight wardrobes, what walkway do you need? And this kind of extends if you're oh. doing a wardrobe with just uh, cupboards on one side. Mm-hmm. Like in my house, we've got a, a setup where you've got the bed with a wall behind it, but behind that wall is the, the oh, kind the of little corridor road. space with the, the wardrobe. How wide do you need there? Oh, this is controversial. For me personally, I like to aim for 1,200. Yeah, I guess it's almost like our our laundries. When we were talking about that, we want as much space. So if you've got a door that's open, you can still move past. In our home, because it, uh, we kind of went and put IKEA cabinetry in after it was completed. We've only got seven hundred and maybe even just seven hundred between the face of our IKEA wardrobes and the wall, and it's tight. I mean, I'm a pretty svelte-looking guy. (laughs) I can only just squeeze past when those doors are open past 90 degrees. I think at an absolute minimum a metre, but as you're saying, 1,200, if you've got drawers and you need to pull those the whole way out, give yourself the comfortable kind of ability to move through. If you Now, this is the next rapid-fire question is, how much space do you need between from, if you're doing a U-shaped wardrobe again, from one set of cabinets on one side to the other if you want to put like a little banquette seat? In the middle. Ooh, I'd say two and a half meters, meter either side with a 500 seat in the middle. Yeah. Well, sounds about right. Yep. Yep. I'd go down to like a 900 walkway. Mm. And then if you can get like a 450, like that would be the absolute pinch. Final one I've got for you. Okay. Wardrobe doors Mm -hmm. that have glass panels in them. It's a no. It's a no because it's just fingerprints, fingerprints, fingerprints. If you want your things to be seen, or on display, there's other ways around it. Yeah, just no. It's just a no. Mm. I know like Ikea do the – and they do look nice. Like don't get me wrong. It's just they look nice when everything's folded and it's perfect and it's in a shop. When you've actually got, you know, your Bonds underwear on show, like maybe not. Yeah, like but if like- you've got a jewellery like drawer – 
and you've if, got your yeah. watches and stuff, it's probably just better to have it out of sight from a security point of view. Yeah. If someone's coming in, you want to try and just make it as hard as possible for them to find it. You know where it is. If you've got people coming over, yeah. you can be like, check this out. Yeah, mine's just more dust as yeah. well. Like dust and grime and like, again, when, I don't know if it's like a woman thing as well, but like when we're getting ready and like you're doing your hair and your makeup and then if you've got a makeup area or hair area in your wardrobe and you're going back and forth, you've usually got like foundation on your hands or marks and then you're touching drawers and then you're touching your clothes. like Never ending cycle of cleaning. Yeah, just minimal, functional, beautiful. I love it. And you know what? On that note, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's do it. For our next episode, we're going to rotate over to probably the unsung heroes in some houses, considering everything that's going on with COVID at the moment. We're moving on to our storage, our linens, and our little study area or study nooks at home for those work at home solutions. We just want to touch on those leftover spaces. The world's probably heading towards at least a portion of your work week working from home. Let's make it as enjoyable as possible. Definitely. Let's do that for the study nooks. And then for our storage, just in general, let's let's get something going there. If you have any questions about what we discussed, reach out to us on either our Instagram at grabthetrace or via our emails on grabthetrace at gmail.com. If we can ask that you can subscribe and share the podcast on the platform you're listening on or leave a review or a rating, that would be an enormous help for us to try and reach as wide of an audience as possible. Our opening and closing music was created by Robert Helberg. Michaela, thank you very much for your time this week. Thank you everyone for listening at home and we'll see you next time.